Acts chapter 28, verses 3 through 6. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, fastened itself onto his hand. The people of the island saw it hanging there and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. That is our text. Although the incident in our text reads just like an adventure story, it has its comic aspects too. While Paul is placing wood on a fire, a venomous snake wraps itself around his hand. To the superstitious people of Malta, this is proof positive that Paul is an escaped murderer, about to become the victim of some inevitable divine justice. But when Paul experiences no ill effects from the attack, the island inhabitants quickly jump to a quite opposite conclusion and now regard Paul as a god. From one extreme to the other, from murderer to god, in a matter of minutes, and wrong both times. In its own peculiar way, this account is a rather humorous portrait of the ignorance and fickleness of that puzzling creature called man. People who serve the public statesmen, doctors, pastors, teachers, and the like, are familiar with the phenomenon. In their careers, there come times, and not always through fault of their own, there come times when they have an experience similar to Paul's. That is, the people they serve will regard them as a scoundrel one day, and as divine, they may even use that very word, as divine the next day all depending upon how they conform or don't conform to their public's peculiar expectations. And we may therefore be tempted to make from our text the rather predictable application that we shouldn't put too much stock in human evaluations of ourselves, but rather be concerned primarily about God's estimate of us. Like Paul himself, we may conclude with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of man's judgment, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. But that is not my purpose this morning, to show how wrong these people in our text were. Actually, my goal is quite the opposite, to show how right they were. In their own blundering way, these ignorant, superstitious, and fickle islanders chanced upon a profound truth about Paul and about you and me. And that is that man is both murderer and God, in the loose sense of those words. He is both bad and good, both flesh and spirit, both old man and new man, both sinner and saint. There is what is called an element of dramatic irony in this text. That is, the islanders' faulty conclusions about Paul were correct in a way, 
and to a degree that these people were not aware of when they voiced them. This doubleness is easy enough to demonstrate from the life of Paul. All we have to do is think of Saul the persecutor and, and then of Paul the saint. But uh, we're concerned about us this morning, not Paul. Think of our own doubleness, for example. We attend church on Sunday and we bum chapel on Wednesday. We bless God during our worship service and uh, we damn an uncooperative cell phone during the recess. We meditate at 11.30 and we lust at 12.10. We return a lost article to the proper person in the morning and we cheat on an exam in the afternoon. Upon arising, we boldly confess our faith in the resurrection. And as we lie down at night, we shudder at the prospect of death. One day we cheer up a despondent roommate with a gospel assurance, and the next day we slander a classmate or a colleague with a snide remark. Take any 24 hours of our life, and each of us, I fear, will have to admit that what the islanders concluded about Paul, that he was both murderer and God, they could, in a sense, conclude about us and be devastatingly right. Now, I bring this uh, doubleness to your attention this morning for a better purpose than merely to acquaint you with the theological fact of life. What is important is our response to this theological fact of life. What use can you and I make of it? Number one, the awareness of our doubleness can keep us humble. The bad aspect of our doubleness is a constant reminder of what we are, sinners, and of why Christ had to come to this world because we couldn't save ourselves. It will keep us leaning on him for our salvation rather than trusting in our own resources. Number two, the awareness of our doubleness can keep us busy. The bad aspect of our doubleness is a reminder that although Christ has in fact won the victory over Satan and the forces of evil, there still remain in us pockets of resistance to be cleaned up. Doubleness may be a theological fact of life, but doubleness is not meant to be a way of living. Each day, the Christian is to slough off more and more of the criminal nature and to assume more and more of the divine nature. For this too, he turns to Christ, realizing that only he who won the initial victory called salvation can also win this victory called sanctification. Number three, and this one relates to the current church season, the end times. Number three, the awareness of our doubleness can keep us happy. The good aspect of our doubleness is a foretaste of the bliss and perfection we shall someday enjoy in the eternal company of the triune uh, God. When doubleness will no longer be a fact of life, but we will be, in truth, gods, gods 
only sons of God in his image after his likeness. Amen. <laughs>